The reading of the scriptures from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 56 and verses 9 to 12. So I invite your reverent and faithful attention to the public reading of God's word here in the 56th chapter of Isaiah. All you beasts of the field come to devour all you beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are all without knowledge. They are all silent dogs. They cannot bark. Dreaming, lying down, loving to slumber. The dogs have a mighty appetite. They never have enough. But they are shepherds who have no understanding. They have all turned to their own way each to his own gain, one and all. Come, they say, let me get wine. Let us fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow will be like this day, great beyond measure. Now, the occasion of our text this morning uh, is uh, that of uh, eternal failure. It's really an expression of uh, the judgment of God. We don't speak of that uh, very often. Uh, in fact, I'm not so sure that we don't discount that there is such a thing as eternal failure, much less divine judgment, but certainly the prophet Isaiah speaks to it very clearly uh, in a very powerful way. Uh, the case of uh, Israel, uh, they selected uh, evil shepherds, in the case of the American church, sometimes that sad event is reduplicated. Uh, we simply choose people that uh, uh, will fill our own desires. Sometimes we think that way anyway. And it is a bad way for uh, perhaps the, a chief reason for spiritual failure that will ultimately lead to uh, eternal failure is uh, uh, bad leadership. Of, of the flock. Uh, the simple lesson of the prophet Isaiah this morning is that the leaders matter. They matter in an incredible way. And so uh, we're going to look at bad leaders and then uh, in God's grace, as he always has his grace, when there is evil, when there's bad, when there's corruption, uh, he has uh, good, uh, good leaders in the provision of God. Uh, we begin with a ghastly invitation. Isaiah chapter 56 in the ninth verse. Uh, it is for predators to come and uh, feed on the flock. Uh, I don't know if, uh, kind of like me, you live in the city, we don't, we don't see a lot of predators. Uh, uh, but when you get out, at, at, again, the great agricultural communities of the state of Oklahoma or other places, uh, occasionally you come across the reality that there are predators. Uh, there are birds that prey, coyotes, uh, all measure of predators that are looking to eat. And now God invites them to come and to feed upon the flock. It's an incredible invitation of incredible danger because of an incredible failure of leaders. 
So as if God is saying, well, you don't want good leaders, then come predators. Feed on the flock. It means, of course, that something terrible has happened, and that is that shepherds of the flock have become corrupt and have failed in their duties of warning and protecting. In other words, false teachers and prophets have established the conditions for predation, for predators to come. Does that exist in the American church? Well, I mean, you know, radically so. We, we, we of course, uh, look at the Old Testament uh, sometimes as a model for what is occurring today. And uh, any time that there are fallen leaders, uh, if they uh, persist in their fallenness, it sets the condition for the coming of predators to feed. Something of this uh, elsewhere, of course, in the Scriptures, as you might imagine. If you have your Old Testament, Jeremiah uh, chapter 12, uh, in verses uh, 9 and 10. Uh, Is my adherence like a speckled bird of prey to me? Are the birds of prey against her on every side? Go gather all the beasts of the field and bring them to devour Many shepherds have ruined my vineyard. They have trampled down my fields. They have made my pleasant field a desolate wilderness. Again, false shepherds have ruined the garden uh, and they set the condition, of course, for predators to come. Uh, probably one of the greatest expressions of this in terms of uh, the major prophets is that of Ezekiel, uh, chapter 34. In the fifth verse, speaking of uh, the flock of God, and they were scattered for lack of a shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and were were scattered. Uh, Always reminded, even though, again, I didn't grow up, uh, one of the great uh, industries of Oklahoma, namely the agricultural industry, I know virtually nothing about it. Uh, But... From what little I know, I don't think that sheep uh, have any great ability to protect themselves other than a shepherd. Absent good shepherds, then uh, sheep are an easy mark. Uh, we find this in terms of uh, coming to the New Testament, uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Uh, in the 34th verse. Uh, Jesus comes and he sees a great multitude and he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. So the occasion for predation uh, that is prophesied in the Old Testament is now being fulfilled in the New Testament in the ministry of Jesus because he comes to the flock of God and he sees them as sheep without a shepherd. And you know what he does? After that, he begins to teach them. One of the marks of a good shepherd is he teaches, teaches the flock. Because absent uh, teaching, uh, shepherds are betraying that they are false. Uh, and they are going to set the condition in the life of the church for predators to come. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 29. I mean, you know the story. Uh, Paul is going, uh, last final missionary journey, he goes to the Ephesian elders 
And he says, after my departure, savage wolves will come into the church, not sparing the flock. Again, uh, I'm not uh, an expert in animal husbandry, but I don't think that wolves and sheep mix too well. Because one of them is going to win. Guess which one? The wolf comes. Paul is telling us that the wolf is going to come. He's going to come into the church. And he's going to use our vocabulary. He's going to wear, if you will, the vestments of the, of the clergy. Uh, use their office names. Read from the same book that they read from. But he's going to be a wolf and he will savage the flock. The problem to that is, of course, uh, it's not a physical event. And therefore it takes spiritual discernment. Uh, not only is it not a physical event, uh, but it's more profoundly radical as a spiritual event because they will feed upon your soul and destroy the soul, and the soul lives forever. And if it's ruined, again, it's a cataclysmic event. And so think of this ghastly invitation of our Lord God inviting the predators to come to feed upon the flock because of the corrupt nature of false shepherds. And so what, what's going to follow from the prophet is the description of false shepherds uh, to perhaps instruct us as uh, to set the condition for looking for good shepherds. Uh, uh, the predators uh, that come uh, are described in uh, the verses uh, certainly as, uh, as false teachers. And uh, first they are described as watchmen uh, in and of itself, that's uh, a good term because uh, shepherds, to a certain extent, are watchmen. Uh, they don't go out at night and uh, fall asleep uh, because they because they know that many predators uh, work at night, and so it's kind of a twenty-four hour deal. Uh, but here, the tragic description of the predators uh, is that they are they are blind. Doesn't really do any good to post a sentry who cannot see danger coming. Uh, kind of chuckle because I remember when I was in the Army, uh, officers once one time caught a sentry who was asleep on guard duty, and nice things did not happen to that young man. It's not a good thing when you fall asleep on guard duty. Uh, they hear lots of volume and uh, certain types of words, but... Uh, but in other words, it's the point that you don't post guard and fall asleep. In this case, you don't post a guard that is blind, but that's exactly what the, what the sheep have done. Uh, they have posted uh, watchmen that are blind. I mean, it's more of an invective against a watchman, uh, but certainly uh, uh, sheep have minds and they engage in a measure sometimes of securing their own ruin. Uh, they cannot see danger coming. Uh, worse, it's described here is, uh, is, uh, they, uh, New American Standard reads, they know nothing. Uh, the Hebrew text is literally, they do not know. They do not know the danger. Uh, always, always somewhat amazed uh, in a tragic sense of, all these ecumenical councils that we have in America where different faiths are all collected together and it's as if they all get along and 
again, I mean, I understand there's always a willingness to get along, but uh, Jesus is the one that's exclusive. He makes him out, himself out to be exclusive, and he, of course, makes himself out to establish the only way to God, and that any attempt at inclusion uh, at the corruption of that, of course, is uh, to know nothing. Uh, but we have a way of celebrating this perverted sense of pluralism, of uh, accepting uh, that there are many roads to heaven. I don't make the rules Jesus does. He's the one that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. And that's a decisive indictment against all of these attempts of getting along with every other religion. But it's it's the way sometime of the sheep and choosing corrupt shepherds. Another way I think to perhaps place this into perspective is the loss of theology in the American church. We vacate theology. We vacate the great Reformed confessional statements and creeds. We have a way of saying to ourselves that, well, they're, you know, they're divisive. They're going to create problems. The truth does not divide. It unites. And God always has a record of his dealings in the life of the church. And one footprint of that are the great confessional statements. Uh, again, uh, my own uh, love is uh, the reform statements that come out of the Protestant Reformation because the church had lost the truth and God in grace acts to reform uh, the truth and the life of the church. And there's a record of that historically. Historic orthodoxy is vitally important. Transgress it to your ultimate harm. Now, secondly, of, of uh, the shepherds of Israel and the shepherds today is they cannot sound uh, the alarm. Uh, Verse 10, all of them are dumb dogs, unable to bark. Uh, you know, dogs uh, uh, provide a great deal of usefulness in, in many homes. Uh, one of them, of course, when intruders come around, they, they bark. Uh, I was reading an interesting uh, blurb somewhere. Uh, you know, if you can't get a dog, get a dog bowl because uh, the predator will come and he'll think you have a dog. He sees a dog bowl, so he'll leave. Well, you know, probably ought to be more radical than that. But the point is, you have a watchdog that can't bark, uh, then you know, no one's going to sound the alarm. Uh, I, I love the uh, the occasion, Jeremiah chapter chapter ten, uh, that says of their false religion, their chasing of idols, they're like scarecrows. Let's see, scarecrows, do they, uh, do they talk? Uh, do they sound the alarm? Uh, you know, there's great pictures, are there not, of scarecrows and, and, and there's a crow on either side of the head. This is a good scarecrow, isn't it? He's supposed to scare crows, but the crows have lighted a place to rest upon the scarecrow. Sometime, uh, church watchmen are just that way. Uh, and they cannot sound the alarm, and so the people of God fall asleep. Uh, and the predators come. Of course, as you know, the word dog in the scriptures is, is, uh, is oftentimes a very pejorative term. Uh, book of the Revelation, chapter 22, outside, uh, uh, outside of the eternal blessings of God with his people, John says, are the dogs. And then he gives a description of the dogs who love and who practice lying. Uh, uh, they use words, but they do not believe the words that they use. Uh, 
uh, uh, they, they profess something, but their life is different than what they profess. They love and they practice lying. Uh, Revelation 22.15 of that verse that I quoted is, is an allusion or echo to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 17 to 18, where again, Moses uses the word dog in the sense of, of a person that earns money in cult prostitution. Again, this is the people of Israel. Some of them are earning money in cult prostitution and then taking their money and giving it to the temple, the kingdom of God. Moses calls them dogs. What a dog to earn money in immorality in a religion that's condemned in the Scripture and then give it for the service of God's temple. It's a radical contradiction in and of itself. But nonetheless, uh, the dogs cannot bark. Uh, certainly, uh, this imagery is uh, picked up by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, he, tells, he tells the church, uh, beware of the dogs. He goes on to describe them, uh, but it is, of course, uh, people who have corrupted the truth. Uh, and then uh, we, we read of them in, in verse 18, For many walk of whom I have often told you, and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Uh, whose end is destruction. Now, I sometimes wonder if we even use that type of language any longer. Whose end is eternal, everlasting, unmitigated destruction. Because they're enemies of the cross of Christ with their false theology. Uh, it's certainly a wonderful reminder for us as Christians uh, that elementary to uh, shepherds is uh, understanding of theological systems so that they can uh, protect the flock of God. Uh, the Apostle Peter, chapter 2, verse 1, uh, uses uh, words that are just as strong. The false teachers will come into the church introducing destructive heresies into the church church leaders, uh, and they will introduce destructive heresies. Uh, it's a reminder that uh, leaders matter because they frame uh, predation and they frame eternity. Discount that at your, at your eternal peril. Thirdly, false prophets and teachers uh, in the description of, of uh, the prophet Isaiah uh, uh, is that they are lazy. The New American Standard reads that dreamers lying down who love to slumber. Uh, in other words, if you will, they're, they're spiritually asleep. Uh, they have no reason to be awake. Lazy. Uh, I once had a person told me a story of his own particular church denomination uh, because it's somewhat anecdotal, I won't name the denomination, but he said his, his minister was very upset on a Friday afternoon, almost uncontrollably so, 
And so the guy asked his minister, well, I mean, what are you so upset about? I mean, it's Friday. I mean, I mean what's the big deal? So because I haven't got my lesson uh, from headquarters. What? Headquarters sends you your sermon every Sunday? That'd be a great deal. I mean, why study? Just get it Friday, open the mail, and there's your sermon. You just go and stand it and preach it. It's like, you know, you can't study your own. You can't uh, parse the verbs and uh, do the theology. And, uh, well, I, I guess not in that denomination. If it's a true story, they just mail it to you. Headquarters mails it to you, and you get the lesson, and you simply regurgitate it. Uh, I wonder if headquarters is okay. I mean, if uh, if you can corrupt bad leaders, what happens if you corrupt headquarters? One of the things I learned very quickly in the army: if you have a corrupt headquarters, you've got problems in your unit. Uh, if you corrupt leadership, it's going to eventually infect everyone in that unit, and that's just simply the way that it is. But uh, Christians belong to denominations and they give little thought to the theology or the morality of the leadership that's being entrusted. Uh, they ask no great questions like, what is your stand on this confession of faith? How do you define the doctrine of justification? Is it proclaimed so that the people know the gospel? No, here's a guy that's uh, concerned as if the mail got to him on Friday so he would have a sermon on Sunday. simply uh, seemingly go uh, and give little attention to these matters. Verse 11, uh, the next description of, of uh, the bad shepherds, that they're greedy for, for gain. The, the Hebrew text is literally strong of soul, meaning that they have voracious appetites and are never, never satisfied. They always want more. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 6 and the 13th verse. That everyone is greedy for gain. And notice what follows from, from the prophet even to the priest. Everyone deals falsely. The greed is in the sense that they are dealing in falsehood and they want more of it and they want to pass it on and they want to infect everybody with that falsehood. They're greedy for gain from the prophet to the priest. Jeremiah, of course, in this great invective, is saying that all of the shepherds have been ruined. They're trafficking in falsehood. And they are voracious to destroy. Sometimes they don't even know it, I'm convinced. Just simply learn bad theology and they pass it on. Again, terrible reminder, the Apostle Paul picking up previous text, Philippians chapter, chapter 3, uh, he says of the dogs uh, that uh, their God is their appetite who set their minds on earthly things. Uh, fifthly, there are shepherds who have no understanding. Again, uh, Hebrew text is literally they have no, they, they do not know understanding. It's interesting enough in this text, it's the third occasion uh, for uh, this phrase, they they do not, uh, in verse 10, they do not uh, know anything. Verse 11, they do not know satisfaction. 
Uh, and then here, they do not know understanding. Understanding in the sense of that they have the discernment to uh, ferret out competing systems that are errant. Uh, two competing choices. I can't tell uh, whether either that one of them is false and one of them is true. I mean, heck, in the American church, we just embrace everything. Bring it all in. Uh, be inclusive of everything. We celebrate that. Certainly not in the church when it comes to truth and bad shepherds. In this case, they do not know uh, the right way. Isaiah nails it. They have all turned their own way instead of the way of God. Uh, turning again to the prophecy of Isaiah, uh, pardon me, Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 8. A very telling description here. Uh, verse 6. Everyone turned to his course like a horse charging, charging into battle. Full course, head on, full gallop. That false teachers uh, are running straightway to ruin. Uh, tragic description of the Apostle Paul. He cannot send Timothy. Uh, uh, wants to come himself, so he has to send Timothy. Pardon me. And the reason... Uh, is because uh, all seek their own rather than the things of Christ. Present tense, all are seeking their own way rather than the way of Christ. Again, true mark of true spiritual leadership is seeking the things of Christ. Uh, again, the point is that they're in service for themselves. Uh, they followed their own ways. Each has turned to his own prophets. And uh, they traffic uh, in falsehood and error uh, out to get as much as they could get uh, with bad theology. Lastly, uh, uh, the false shepherds have, have their own invitation to their own feast. Again, the text begins with an invitation of God to predators to come to feed upon the flock because of false shepherds. And now the false shepherds have their own invitation. Uh, verse 12, Come, they say, let us drink wine, let us drink heavily, strong drink, and tomorrow will be just like today, only more so. Just keep doing the same bad things over and over and over again. Because there's no accountability, there's no judgment. Uh, so they have their own party. And this is where their leaders are, absent the flock, parting on. No judgment, no worry, uh, nothing to be concerned about. Uh, the story that I, rings in my head all of the time, I know I've shared it, but, but simply the tragedy, the imagery is, is so sharp and so, uh, uh, such a reminder of where we are today. I had a, had a minister, uh, tell me that there was, just simply no hell. Well, maybe for Adolf Hitler there's a hell, but really, uh, just simply the way that it is, we redefine everything, we have a way of corrupting everything, and we traffic in falsehood, and we're greedy uh, to gather souls under our care to ruin them all. 
because that's what false leadership does. And they set the occasion for predation uh, with the uh, outstanding simplicity of the words of the prophet that leadership in the church matter eternally. We're, we're just trained to go along with everyone and get along with everyone. The prophet says otherwise. Uh, it's as if they're all drugged on bad theology. It's addictive. We're in this crisis of addiction in the American culture, addicted to technology, addicted to whatever it is. Uh, but many, many spiritual leaders are addicted to bad theology and they want to recruit for their cause. I mean, there's a progression of this in, in the prophet Isaiah. Uh, if you turn to uh, Isaiah chapter 22, the 13th verse, just the reminder of the importance of leadership. Uh, Isaiah 22, verse 13, Instead, there is gaiety and gladness, killing of cattle and slaughtering of sheep, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. Uh, chapter 28 and verse 7. They also reel with wine and stagger from strong drink. The priest and the prophet reel with strong drink. They're confused by wine. They stagger from strong drink. They reel from having visions. They totter when rendering judgment. I mean, the imagery, of course, is they're staggeringly drunk, but it's, it's a spiritual reality that they're drunk on bad theology. They can't walk a straight line. If you were to give them a breathalyzer, they'd flunk it. They'd, they'd, They'd be thrown in jail, but the imagery is bad teachers, bad leaders. We don't think in those terms. The prophets do. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, pardon me, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 9. Be delayed and wait, blind yourselves and be, and, and be blind. They become drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. Uh, the phrase, uh, tomorrow will be like today, means they have no sense of judgment and no sense of accounting to God. They think they will never have to stand before God and give an account. Uh, there's plenty of time, nothing to worry about. Something of this in, I caught a phrase of this in the newspaper. Uh, you know, the Pope made some comment that there is no hell. Well, I don't know that he made that comment. wasn't there, didn't hear it. I don't know if the other bishops didn't correct him. I don't know if the magisterium had a secret meeting and they came and uh, perhaps reminded him of, of the truth of the Scripture. I don't know any of those things, but, but that's certainly infected many Protestant scholars who hold to annihilationism. That there is no hell, the soul is just annihilated for the wicked. And we, we traffic in that stuff. Uh, but the Bible tells us otherwise, that there is a day of judgment and the predators will come uh, and they will, they will feed. Uh, I'm just simply telling you beyond shepherds, headquarters matters. Denominations matter. Because if they set the condition for bad leaders, bad leaders set the condition for predators. And predators will, make no mistake about it, come and they feed upon the soul. Uh, something of this, of course, uh, great reminder, our Lord Luke, uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, reminder of a certainly prevailing theology 
so many people today. Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. It's just simply the invitation that the false teachers have given uh, in the prophecy of Isaiah. Uh, just throw a big party and all have a good time. We'll include everybody. Be lots of wine and strong drink and good food. And we'll just keep the party going on and on and on. God says, you fool, this very night your soul will be demanded of you and the soul will give an account. And the soul lives forever. And there is judgment. There is uh, eternal wrath and doom. Uh, the, the same in, imagery is picked up, uh, perhaps an allusion uh, for the Apostle John, Revelation 19. Uh, invitation, come, assemble yourselves for the great supper in order that you may eat the flesh. Uh, the birds of prey are invited to come to eat the flesh. Uh, great list uh, ends with the small and the great. That the predators will come and feed. They'll be made full because false teachers uh, are churches filled with scarecrows. Reminder of the text. Are denominations filled with scarecrows? Vacated the truth. Deceived everybody and saying, well, nothing matters. Let's just all have a, have a good time. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says, leaders matter. Bad leaders set the condition for predation. And predators in the spiritual realm feed upon the soul. The singular most important thing you possess, ladies and gentlemen, is your soul. Setting the condition for the grace of God that when there's wrong shepherds, predators will get you absent the good shepherd. And so we have in the Scriptures this desperate scene it's the reason for the servant, the good shepherd. I remind you, last servant song, Isaiah chapter 53, the sixth verse. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall upon him. That Jesus, the good shepherd, comes and pays to purchase his sheep. He loves his sheep. He will not abandon his sheep. He comes to rescue them. If you're not a Christian, uh, the only hope of your soul is the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One, who takes your penalty, who renders the cost, who pays the penalty, uh, the one for the many. Uh, and so, in the grace of God, in the midst of a throng of bad shepherds and perhaps corrupt denominations, we have the good news of the Good Shepherd. We, we read of the prophecy uh, of His coming, Ezekiel chapter 34, that God gives this terrible invective against bad shepherds. Uh, and because, because they are so bad, He comes in grace. Verse 11, Ezekiel 34. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, the coming of Jesus Christ to gather His flock to seek them out. The hope of the Gospel, verse 14, I will feed them in a good pasture, and their grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down in good grazing ground, and they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. So theology of the Good Shepherd, 
we find it most beautifully expressed. The Good Shepherd in the 23rd Psalm. My shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Personal ownership and knowledge and understanding of the great shepherd, the only shepherd of the sheep. My shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I trust in the grace of God that could be your confessional statement. The Lord Christ is my shepherd. And notice what follows. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. And all of these terrible chapters against the evil shepherds, God comes with this remarkable scene of blinding light in the provision of the good shepherd. And what a good shepherd he is. It reaches for us, I think, the apex. Uh, the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter. The fulfillment of the prophecy of Ezekiel 34. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He comes to protect, to defend, to shepherd, to teach, to instruct, and then he pays for their penalties of seeking after their own way. Why do we know he's a good shepherd? Well, look at verse 12. The false shepherd flees and the wolf comes and snatches the sheep and scatters them. Christ protects his own. He gathers his own and none are lost. It's an allusion, I believe, to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14. I am. When Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, he is alluding to Exodus 3 verse 14. He's the I am, the great I am. And what follows, of course, in John 10 is he's the good shepherd. So divine replacement par excellence for all of the bad shepherds that will lead you astray. Leaders matter. They matter incredibly because of the soul that will live forever. It's a total rejection of all religion save him. There is no other shepherd that can get you into eternity save the good shepherd. All other shepherds will turn back. They are prohibited from entry. And all of their sheep will be turned back as well. Leaders matter. The good shepherd matters. All other shepherds will steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 They promise and deliver nothing. They may entertain. They may make you smile. They may make you feel good. But do they shepherd your souls? Will they get you to the end? To the destination of the last great final exodus of the people of God? Uh, here God is breaking into humanity in the person of His Son to effect the final exodus. And while false shepherds ruin the soul, He does exactly, exactly the opposite. Uh, we know this from uh, the Apostle Peter, uh, chapter 2, in verse 25. Wonderful description of our Savior. I trust your Savior. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your soul. The word shepherd is, can be translated bishop, but it speaks to me more not of an office, uh, but of a duty. Uh, I don't believe in a bishop form of government because it speaks more to office that 
that the, that the bishop, the elder, is a shepherd and guardian of the soul. It's a great reminder of who Christ is and what he does, what he does. When Christ is shepherd and guardian, uh, the soul is safe and the destination is secure. And I understand as Christians, we sometimes go into uh, difficult times in life and sometimes we wonder, why am I here? Why did God bring me here? Why did this happen to me? All of those things are part of the fallen world in which we live. But that is not the point. The point is, is that the Lord is your shepherd. He will lead you intractably and unfailingly into eternity. To the end state of the destination of the people of God. Oh, to know the Savior as your shepherd. Forsaking all others but Him. Following only Him. Because of where He will lead you. That he's the way through danger and the promise of safe passage. Uh, no other shepherd can lead you into eternity, save the good shepherd. All were turned back. Wonderful illustration of this in, in our Lord's high priestly prayer, John 17, verse 12. All that thou hast given me is praying to the Father. I lost none. It's incredible. When I went to the university, I didn't study animal husbandry. I didn't learn how to be a cowboy and chase cows or to raise sheep. But I suspect most shepherds on occasion use, lose a sheep or two. On occasion, a cow gets away. Someone fails to lock the gate. Christ loses none. It's a powerful reason to turn to give your soul to Christ to hope in Him, uh, to sue for peace and the gift of peace and the grace of God in Jesus Christ, to embrace Him as Savior because He loses none. He safely accounts for all. And so He is the Good Shepherd. As you know, uh, He raises up under shepherds. Uh, the great passage that I spoke of earlier in the book of Acts Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul gives something of a description of a good shepherd. Acts 20 verse 27, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose or the whole counsel of God. The good shepherds teach it all. The whole counsel of God. Imagine that. We ought to understand something of historic theology. We understand something of the great doctrines of the faith. And that's what the Good Shepherd does. He teaches the whole counsel of God. Because of the danger of wolves. Acts 20 verse 28. You'll never get into eternity with bad shepherds. Leaders matter. The leaders that Christ appoints matter. And so we began this morning uh, with an unprotected flock set upon by predators. It's a ghastly scene. Uh, but it is an expression of what occurs in the life of the church. And it's certainly an expression of eternity. Revelation chapter 19, bad shepherds uh, come and they ruin the flock. Uh, they were absent their, their post and duty, 
and uh, they live for themselves, for their own, if you will, popularity or gain. We concluded with a good shepherd. Uh, we conclude as well this morning with John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep uh, hear my voice. Uh, the efficacious call of the great God who calls his sheep. And we begin to leave uh, our way and our interests. And we begin in the last great final exodus. My sheep hear my voice and I give eternal life to them. And they shall never perish. So who is your shepherd? Uh, the hope of uh, the gospel is Christ is the good shepherd. He guards his flock, protects his own. We'll see them to the end. If you know not the Lord Christ is your Savior, I can only turn you to him and would ask in the grace of the living God that you might hear his voice by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, come to him. Uh, follow him. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. That uh, the sheep who belong to the Lord follow him. Uh, it's our great delight and our great duty at Grace Bible Church to labor with all the strength that we can to follow the living God, to hope in Him and Him alone because He gives eternity to us and we will never perish. And we will in eternity lie down in soft, green, luscious pastures by the still waters. And we will celebrate Him throughout eternity is the good shepherd of the soul 